You are listening to Monster of the Week with Timothy from ProDM. And this is a very special, very steamy episode because that's right, it's Valentine's Day. And I'm here with my Valentine. That's right, my wife. Say hi, my wife. Hello, my husband. This is my wife, Hallie. <laughs> Those of you who have listened to our podcast before have probably heard her on All Hail Yog as Phantasmagoria. But I decided it would be fun as a romantical treat, the thing that every young horse girl wants when they're growing up and that is to talk about a fake horse on their husband's podcast yeah yeah i mean i i knew that being a horse girl was gonna like come into this but we we're going there right out the gate right at the throat right at the horse girl throat yep Uh uh-huh horse girl deep throat that's what i'm saying oh wow don't don't google (laughs) that You can find the Pegasus on page 250 of the 5th edition Monster Manual. This is a classic of Greek mythology. It's uh, it's a flying horse. In the lore in Dungeons & Dragons, they're expressly described as being like the mystical mounts for uh, great heroes. And I wanted to ask you, Hallie, you picked this week's monster. Why, of mm-hmm. all things, the Pegasus? I mean, like you say, I was definitely a horse girl growing up. I was also a huge mythology nerd as a kid, and Pegasus has actually a pretty cool myth that... Don't spoil it, because we're going to get into that. Yeah. So hold on to that. I, I'll, I'll hold on to that. But I like magic horses. I read, you know, a lot of Mercedes Lackey growing up. The idea of having a magical horse partner that would help you fight monsters is badass. It does feel kind of fanficy, right? It's like it's it only chooses you if you're the best. Right. And then it's like perfectly loyal. Right. It's like all, all of the things you want in an animal companion, which is also something we'll talk about in a little bit. But before we get there, let me just catch you up if you're not familiar with the Pegasus. This is a CR2 large celestial. Uh, they have a 60 foot move speed, which I think is like 10 feet faster than a regular horse. So like just a little <laughs> bit faster than a horse. But then, of course, they have a staggering 90 foot fly speed very very fast uh great ability scores across the board including a 10 intelligence which i thought was interesting so they are just as smart as a person and they are better than a person in every other regard 18 strength 15 dex 16 con 15 wisdom 13 charisma they're just better than than humans they have great saving throws as well uh they can understand celestial elven sylvan and common but of course they can't speak they're horses and they have one hoof attack that's it that's the whole monster one hoof attack before we say anything about that, I say that we transition into talking about the history of the monster, because if I start talking about how they only have one hoof attack, I'm going to turn purple in the face, and that is not very romantic. So we're going to transition right away, and not only are we going to talk about the history of the monster in D&D, but Hallie, our resident our resident classics major, is going to talk about Pegasus's history in Greek mythology. Let's do it. Look, okay, we're going to do it right now. Okay. It's happening right now as you're listening to right, this. Right now. now okay. Right Right now. Right, right now. Right now. So 
So I'm going to start because it's my podcast and I can do whatever I want. The Pegasus first appeared in the first edition Monster Manual in 1979. The only really notable changes are that the first edition Pegasus had a bite attack. So, you know, at least they had multi-attack in first edition. And that they also specifically laid eggs, which is a theme you will see all through the history of the Pegasus in D&D. Although here in 5th edition, they give live birth. They also weirdly include the prices for Pegasus eggs. Like, as though you would be poaching them. Yikes. Yeah, it's weird. And, like, that's not... I assume that was just, like, a first edition thing. And then it turns out, no, it's in almost all editions. Yikes. They're like, this is how many gold pieces you can get for a Pegasus egg. A lot of... Uh, a big market in Pegasus omelets, I guess. Well, I think they, I think they mean to, like, raise them. But, like, isn't sure. the point of the Pegasus that, like, they can only pair with people that, like, are good people? And I don't think anyone who bought a Pegasus egg is a, is good, a good person. person. That's kind of my argument. Maybe... You had to steal those eggs from a Pegasus, which is a yeah. creature of pure good. Whereas it's like Pegasus mom. Yeah, what's the moral calculus there, you know, yeah. on that? I don't know. It's weird. That's a very first edition thing to do. But then, like, why is it still in third edition? Uh, but that's the first edition history. Talk to us, Hallie, about the mythological history of the Pegasus. The Pegasus as the name obviously comes from the Greek version of the winged horse myth. Uh, the Pegasus was a single creature, much like the Chimera and Medusa. Uh, there was only ever one Pegasus, and then when they took it into D&D, they made it a sort of species. Yeah, that's super common. They're, like, really grubbing around for any monster they can find to make a whole kind of monster. So yeah. that's, that's we've encountered this before, yeah. <laughs> so Pegasus was the child of Poseidon and Medusa under sort of dub Connie circumstances. Ew. Medusa, when her head was severed, Pegasus and his brother Chrysior both, like, burst fully formed from her neck. Wait, was he, Pegasus has a brother? Pegasus? Pegasus does have a brother, Chrysior. Chrysior is another winged horse? Chrysior is just a dude. Wait a minute, wait a minute, hold on. Okay, so wait a minute. <laughs> so you're trying to tell me that Medusa is pregnant with a human and a horse at the yes. same time. When Perseus cuts off her head, both of the babies somehow go from the womb, like, up through the body. And come out her neck, out yeah. Out her neck. Uh-huh. And at this point, Pegasus is fully formed enough that he flies away. Chrysior is a weird case because nothing else is really known about him. He's just... Pegasus's brother, and then in some of the versions, he is also Bellerophon, who ends up being Pegasus's human partner. Yeah, it's Greek mythology is weird. Yeah, okay. Turns out I'm regretting asking you any of these <laughs> questions. Uh, please, please continue. Pegasus flew around, was a winged horse, did winged horse stuff, and then later the hero Bellerophon, who, as I said, is sometimes also considered to be Pegasus's brother. Bellerophon was told to sleep in the temple of Athena. She gave him a magic golden bridle and told him how to tame Pegasus. He basically found Pegasus drinking from a stream one morning and. And managed to get the bridle on him, and then from then on, they were combat partners. Is, is Pegasus implied to be intelligent in, or just a horse? Pegasus is basically just a horse okay. in the myth. That's yeah, even weirder, I think, actually. Yeah. Bellerophon, like I say, rides Pegasus against the Chimera. Cool. Yeah, and it's actually really cool in the art. One of the really common motifs in Greek art is Bellerophon riding Pegasus against the Chimera. He's Sick. got like a cool spear. Sick. It's just very cool. Yeah. But then later in life, he became arrogant and decided he was going to ride Pegasus up to Mount Olympus, the home of the gods, because, you know, why not? He's got a winged horse. Zeus was not cool with that. That, however, and Zeus sent a gadfly to bite at Pegasus's flanks. Okay. Uh, Pegasus bucked Bellerophon off, and Pegasus flew the rest of the way to Mount Olympus. 
Bellerophon fell in a thorn bush, ended up blinded, and died old and sad. I like that he fell from a flying horse, and the problem wasn't the height, it was the th- what he landed in. Yeah. And it didn't, like, kill him, it just hurt his eyeballs. Yeah, Greek mythology. Yeah, gotcha. That's basically it. Pegasus uh, okay. flew up and hung out with Zeus. And, and that's, like, the last time we hear from Pegasus. That's basically the end of Pegasus, yeah. Okay. Uh, it's funny that you mentioned the, the magical bridal, because in 2nd edition, they actually talk about magical bridles. I wondered about that. Yeah, so 2nd edition, it kind of expands on everything they talk about in 1st edition. They do give the Pegasus both detect evil and detect good in 2nd edition, which I kind of like because it sort of plays into the idea of like Pegasus being able to know if you're worthy or not, right? Kind of like Mjolnir rules, I dig that. But they do go into great detail about how one would go about sneaking up on Pegasus and how they would tame one, and they specifically call out saying that if you have a magical bridle, it like there's like a minus okay second edition so it's a plus 10 penalty i don't know <laughs> second edition <laughs> but they say that if you have a magical bridle it negates that penalty so i didn't know the original myth so i was just imagining breath of the wild right like sneaking right. up on on a horse and then leaping onto it and hoping that you have enough stamina to tame it so anyways play breath of the wild knows what i'm talking about if you haven't then it's just incomprehensible yeah it's basically it. that but you know if you have the magic item then right but this part i did know and check this out they also in second edition include a monster called the greater pegasus oh, there's, there's two contexts in which you can encounter a greater pegasus there's a five percent chance whenever you see a pegasus herd the leader of them is a greater pegasus but whenever you slay a medusa there is a five percent chance that a greater pegasus springs from her neck and i think that's actually pretty fucking cool i think like how boss would it be if like you fight the medusa big bad of your campaign and you got to get out the dice every time and roll it and see like is this going to be the time when either pegasus buddy is going to come out that's very cool it's very dumb but i I actually kind of like that i don't know it it, it really plays into how silly the the mythology is but also like that's like the enduring story about pegasus yeah i like that a lot and it's a very outside chance but like the fun of it is the role. Yeah. You know, it doesn't actually have to happen. You just have to know that it could happen, and that's cool. But have you got anything else to say about the Pegasus, Sally? Pegasus also does some kind of general mythological things. Zeus does uh, ask Pegasus to carry his thunderbolts that sucks. into battle. I feel like that's kind of a shit job. He becomes a caddy. Yeah. Just like a like a lightning bolt caddy, just like follows Zeus around. I mean, I guess you're Zeus's caddy. So if you're going to be a caddy, that's the best caddy to right. be in, in like, you know, yeah. of the whole pantheon. But I feel like he was a badass monster slayer. Mm-hmm. And then he's just like carrying around Zeus's shit. It's retirement. You know, you, you got to. That's not, Being a caddy is not retirement. Like, <laughs> let's be clear. That is a full time difficult job. Fair enough. In third edition, 3.5, the Pegasus once once again appears, but they're essentially the same. They do lose the bite attack, though, in 3.5, so that's we're already kind of sliding towards them just being like a hoof monster. And I got problems with that, and we'll talk about it in a little bit. But Hallie, do you have anything else to say about the Pegasus? I wanted to talk about the winged horse as a creature in mythology more broadly, that obviously we're talking about the Greek Pegasus, that is the most obvious one, pretty much just because it's the only version of the winged horse that has a name. Mm. But winged horses appear in other mythologies. I know you know the Valkyries typically ride winged horses. Or is that a lie? It's much more Wagner. Like, they're often depicted riding winged horses, but that is, I think, is kind of like... Is that a mythology fusion? Yeah. There actually isn't a lot of attestation about the kinds of things they ride on. They're sometimes depicted as riding down the Rainbow Bridge on regular horses. Sometimes they just have wings or they just appear. Like, it's it's really, that's very okay. poorly attested. She got into Norse mythology, you guys. Listen, <laughs> this is her fault. There are also other winged horses in the classical world. Alexander the Great had a very famous horse uh, named Bucephalus. 
And in some extremely apocryphal versions of his stories, Bucephalus could fly and <laughs> took Alexander up to the clouds to fight the kingdom of the Griffins. No. Um, that didn't happen. And it's very much that kind of thing where, like you say, anytime you need somebody to be super cool, it's not cool enough for them to just ride a cool horse. They right. have to ride a cool horse who can fly, because why not? Quick throwback to D&D nerds. Anyone who knows Curse of Strahd knows that Strahd's nightmare is named Bucephalus, and it can fly. You know, he was a famous conqueror before he became a vampire. Like, I see sure. that. Alexander, yeah. Alexander Shades in there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, great. And the last thing I have is that, as far as I can tell, and if anyone listening... Uh, has more accurate information. The Pegasus did not appear in fourth edition, which oh. I think that's like the first time that I've seen a monster not show up in 4E. Boo. Isn't that weird? Boo fourth edition. Well, the thing is, is that like, I think the problem is that fourth edition was so focused on like combat monsters. The Pegasus really isn't a monster that you should be fighting ostensibly if yeah. you're like a quote unquote good aligned hero. So like, I guess I get it. But, like, maybe it's in some weird other source where it's presented as more of a mount. But looking at, like, the three monster manuals in the Monster Vault, I did not see a Pegasus anywhere. Hmm. So if anyone is listening to this and knows their 4th edition better than I do, let me know. But I, I do not see evidence of a 4th edition Pegasus. At least as a monster. Which is very weird because, like, they're always grubbing for, like, hey, here's a different kind of boar. Here's the yeah. Thunder Tusk boar. And here's the vine grasp boar and stuff. And it's like, you wouldn't, the Pegasus is from Greek mythology. Like, you're yeah. not going to go for a Pegasus. And it's been in every other edition of the game. Like, very strange. But great. That is the long and belabored history of the Pegasus in Dungeons and Dragons and in Greek mythology. You did um, ask. It's way more information than anyone wanted uh, about, about it at all. Because there's not a lot here to this monster. But next, we're going to talk about those few things about the Pegasus that we do like. So I kind of just mentioned this in the previous section, but my first thing that I like about the Pegasus is that they are basically presented as companion monsters. Yes, this, this, me too. You got that one? Yeah, okay. I love that they are mounts. To me more, it's the idea of like, here's a monster you are not intended to fight. And so it has a very different design approach. I think, you know, maybe it's a bit of an impoverished design approach, but it's clear they're not really trying to make it difficult combatant because it's ostensibly going to be on your side. Mm -hmm. So I think that's part of why it doesn't have as many things going on is because they're saying like, we don't want to suddenly hand the players this super powered sports car that they can like drive around. You, you don't want to give the players just a straight up angel. Yeah, but like exactly. it basically is your your magic super good right. flying horse friend. Like there are definitely good aligned monsters like angels and coaddles that are meant to be more role play focused, but nothing that we've encountered so far that is like this is a Pokemon. This is like a buddy that comes yeah. with you. And I think that's maybe why they're scared to make it any more powerful than it than it currently is because. They're worried about PCs already being too powerful. But we'll yeah. get into that in a little bit. So that was one of yours? That was one of mine. I, I also especially liked the fact that they call out in the lore that it is a lifelong bond. Once the Pegasus decides to be your friend, you're friends for life. Well, unless you fall off of its back and land in a thorn bush and go blind. And then right. Pegasus is like, actually, Zeus is my lifelong friend now. <laughs> I'm going to carry all of his junk around. Right, yeah. Unless you defy the gods, basically. So right. don't fuck up and yeah. become evil. Great, okay. Well, my second one... One is that I like that they are legitimately intelligent. We've talked a lot about sentience on this podcast, and I think it's cool that Pegasus is just like legitimately as smart as a person, no bones made about it. They call it out in the lore as well. It's not about taming the Pegasus, it's about like convincing it, right? You gotta treat with them on their terms. They're not just like an animal you can subdue to your will. 
But they're also not like a chimera where they're in that weird middle space where they have like six intelligence. And it's like, so are you? You can talk, but you're so dumb to the point where can I can I kill you? Like, do you know yeah. that we're fighting? Like, what's going on? I like the Pegasus is just like, nope, it's sentient. It just doesn't talk because it's a horse. It's yeah, like it's like right. a Disney animal companion. That's like, you know, yeah. it's like literally the Hercules vibe, you know? Yeah, literally. Uh-huh. That's what I'm saying. Like from the from the, Dis- the from animated the movie. Animated Disney yeah, movie like, Hercules. I think they're kind of going in that direction. Like it's perfectly intelligent. It's just like <laughs> all the time, right? Like rolling its eyes whenever you do something silly. Um, that was my second one. What do you got, Hallie? Um, I mentioned that I like in the lore that they keep the um, the sort of sneaking up on them yeah, by cool. the spring angle, that they are shy. They specifically describe it as any sound or sign of another creature startles them, sending them off to fly once more among the clouds. That in the myth, Bellerophon has to wait by this spring right. all night for because Pegasus will only come down right at dawn to drink get a drink of water. But other than that, it never touches land. Does he drink a stamina potion before he does that, just in case yeah. the horses? Or actually, you know what? He pauses right before he's out of stamina and then drinks a stamina potion yes. in the weird hammer time. Exactly. That, that, that happens the... when you actually go into your wheel menu and uh, eat food. Rather the wild again. Sorry. Great. No, that's that's a very good one. I think it's cool to see that reflected in previous editions, too, like we talked about in second edition. That's yeah. been like core to their identity for yeah. a while. Cool. And then my last one is that I like mechanically that they're kind of chunky. Like they've got a lot of hit points, way more hit points than a normal horse. They have great stats. They have great saves. And I like that because I think the conceit is that like they're trying to insulate you from having your cool horse killed out from under you. Yeah. Right. Like if you went to all the trouble to tame it, it's like the last thing anyone wants is for like your beautiful Pegasus mount to take a breath weapon and just get scorched. Like, if it has the normal... If it's, like, a CR 1-8 or whatever, and it has the normal hit points of, like, a horse, it's just gonna die very yeah. quickly. And yeah. so, like, I like that they've kind of built in, like, no, it has a good deck save and a good wisdom save, so it probably can't be charmed, and it probably can't be, you know, fire blasted. Yeah, um, it's a CR 2. I mean, it's uh, fine. Yeah, I have some problems with why it's a CR 2, but I do like that they are intentionally trying to make it, like, you know, death... Not death-proof, but they're, they're, they're obviously concerned about that in its design. It's got 59 hit points. What do you got for your last one, Hallie? My last one is really silly. It's about the art. Yo, art is totally Uh, (laughs) valid. That's not silly. Talk about the art. I, this is a really silly kind of in-joke in the art. So when a horse has those kinds of floofy fur around its feet, uh, that's referred to as feathering. And I like the fact... I like no. the fact that the flying horse has feathers I res- on its feet. I rescind my permission for you to bring this up. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, talk about the art. That's great. And then now I regret it. I regret everything. Yeah. Um, yeah. Happy Valentine's Day. <laughs> uh, let's get a divorce. Uh, great. That's that. Those are the three things that we like. The six things. Well, what was it? I think it ended up being five because we shared one and we yes, each had two separate. Yes. Those are the five things we like with the Pegasus. Look at all the positivity we found. But next, we get to do the fun part where we get to talk about all the problems that this monster has. And guess what? <laughs> it has some problems. We'll be right back. So, Hallie, how about you start? What is the worst thing about this stupid horse that you hate the most? <laughs> The worst thing about this stupid horse is that it's basic as hell. It's super boring. It's super boring. Yeah. Like, it, even a regular horse, like, honestly frustrated that they got rid of the bite from previous editions because, like, even a horse will at least bite you as well as kick you. Yeah, th- we'll talk about that in a little bit. But, like, there are powers that the horse has. 
the horse in this game <laughs> that the Pegasus does not have, and that is absolutely yeah. Just like you just to took me. a horse, put wings on it, and then took away its took powers? away powers. Yeah, I don't understand. That. I I wrote undermine. I have in all caps. There is nothing going on here. That is what I wrote. You guys know my high horse. Oh, I got to do a high horse pun. That's so good. You guys know that I'm a big stickler for each monster having a unique power that no other monster has. This is, I think, the worst case. Like, even the Crawling Claw from last week has turn immunity. Like, literally, the Pegasus has nothing unique to the Pegasus. In fact, it doesn't even have some of the, the traits that are normally associated with horses. I think this is its biggest drawback. Again, framing it as a companion creature, that makes a lot more sense. But I, I still just feel like... I'm so uninspired. You read this cool lore and you look at this stat block and it's just sad trombone dot wave, right? Like it's just disappointing yeah. as hell. Even yeah. as even as a companion creature, it's like, okay, we can ride it around, I guess. Right. It's just a fly speed that you can rent. Yeah. You, know, you can just sit on a fly speed and uh-huh. go around. And it's, give it a name. Yeah. It's a named fly speed. So we talked about this a little bit earlier. I think the CR is too high. I think this is a CR2 monster whose CR purely comes from how many hit points it has and how good it is at, at resisting magical effects. There's no reason that this monster is a CR2. It doesn't earn its CR. You know, there are monsters that are CR1 that are much tougher in combat than this thing. Like, this thing can hit you with a hoof attack with a plus six for 2d6 plus four, but it's got one action. Imagine a Pegasus against a party. Imagine a context in which the party is forced to fight a Pegasus. I don't know when that would come up, but this thing would not stand to a party of four second level characters. Like, oh my God, like in in a round or two, this thing is done. Yeah. So that was my second one. I think the CR is too high for the utter lack of abilities that it has. Yeah. What do you got? Uh, my second one is I don't like that they build nests. And this is kind of a picky horse girl like quibble. I feel like these are going to be a lot of horse girl quibbles. <laughs> this whole episode is just a huge horse girl right? quibble. Yeah. I, li- I do like that they in fifth edition, I didn't realize that they laid eggs in previous editions, but I do like that in fifth edition they give live birth. But have you ever seen a weak knobbly need full? Like that thing is going to trip and fall out of a nest immediately. Like, and it's just, if you have a herd of pegasi, It's more evocative if they are in a field somewhere and have to protect the, like, flightless young sort of buffalo rules. Do do the babies not fly? Uh, I guess it doesn't say. It It just says they they give birth to live young. I mean, that's kind of cute. Like, if you're doing a bird thing, right? Right? They're, like, little underdeveloped, like a a Pegasus fledgling. Yeah. It's kind of cute. Like like little tiny wings. Yeah, that's fair. I didn't really think about it. But, yeah, you're right. It's hard for me to imagine, like, horses, like, live uh, on, like, a mountain airy yeah, like, like on, know, a cliff side on a cliffside. On a cliffside, like a seagull. That feels yeah. hard to imagine. Yeah. Yeah. That I feel like they would gravitate more towards fields and pastures. Right. Yeah. Because like that's a, where the food is. Like a horse. Right. Great. Okay. Well, my last one is a little bit picky as well. It's not it's not as picky as, you know, the the feathered feet. <laughs> but it is actually about the art. I think it, the Pegasus kind of has the same problem I've talked about with previous monsters, notably the cockatrice, where the art is such a big part of the page that it takes up half of the real estate that you would use to describe the monster. So I really don't think that there's anything about this Pegasus picture that couldn't be shrunk a little bit. If you look at page 251 next to the Pegasus, the Periton is basically the same picture where it's like a, a winged creature with its wings spread, but it's much smaller and it's in the top corner and they managed to get like twice as much lore and a, a stat block that's about twice the size. I would have liked a smaller picture and then a little bit more, either lore or mechanics or preferably both. 
that's kind of a quibble, and it's like a formatting thing, which is like not very <laughs> fun or sexy. But again, I think it speaks to a larger problem with their Pegasus design. Yeah. What's, what do you got? What's your last So one? my third thing, you mentioned them being intelligent as a thing you liked. I'm not Whoa, sold. S- surprise, twist ending. I'm what? not sold on Pegasus intelligence. We're going to debate this. I feel like you either need to do something with it, and you potentially could. Like we can we can go into this later when we talk about like how to how to fix it, but. I don't know. It, they don't justify it being intelligent in a way that, like, it's just a horse with wings that flies real fast. And sure, they do. It's a celestial. It's not a. It's not an animal. It's not a beast. Yeah. It's a celestial. Yeah. It's it's good. It's inherently good. Like animals aren't good. Animals are are dumb. Like they but just eat also... shit. That's what an animal does. <laughs> but it's also like if you have this uh, lifelong connection to this creature. Yeah. Like, I don't know, the, the, I think this is probably a, a mythology quibble, because in the mythology, I guess it's not stated whether or not Pegasus is intelligent, See? but it's treated as just a mount. It's treated as Bellerophon captures it. I mean, he even specifically, like, uses an item to capture it, which is a little weird if it's a sentient being. If you're, if you're going to make it intelligent, then I think it just raises some questions about the hero's relationship to it and like they don't use the golden bridle in this edition as an item so maybe that's by they've gotten rid of that because they've made it intelligent yeah i also think you're holding it to the standard of this like ancient myth that like today in the context of a story that's fine but in the context Mm. of a modern game you're gonna have different prerequisites like i think that's the only way to do it decides you know, who's good and who's bad. Like, sure. I like that it's a character and I love that you have to convince it. It's like, mm. why do you want to mm-hmm. ride me? Like, pitch me on this. Yeah. And if you're, and like, because most PCs are dirtbags. Like, most PCs do right. not deserve to ride the Pegasus. Like, let's just be honest yeah. here. So I really like that it's like, I'm cool and you suck and I'm not going to let you on here unless you have a really good reason. <laughs> you know, I think that makes you have to yeah. role play with the Pegasus as opposed to just like, you roll animal handling, succeed, and now you get an infinite Pegasus friend that bonds with you for life. Yeah. No, they got to be intelligent, in my opinion. Like, in obviously, order to, in order to, you know, see into your heart and yeah. like uh, figure out who you are and whether you're worthy. That's what I believe. But I, it obviously, does, there are schools of thought. It does then basically become a, a companion from the Valdemar books at that point. I mean, that's right over my head. I, yeah. yeah okay. okay. Mercedes Lackey fans are very excited right now listening to this. Well, I'm going to say this: there are no Mercedes Lackey fans listening. Listening because there are no people listening. So that's I was that's not a dig on Mercedes Lackey. That's a dig on my podcast. Fair enough. So let's let's transition then into talking about the improvements, how we would make the Pegasus better. When I was thinking about it, I basically I wrote give them anything else to do in yeah. a fight. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, I didn't realize that they took away the bite attack, but like like I say, horses can at least bite. Yeah. I don't know. Give them some kind of gust power or something. Um, what I, that's I think, pretty Pokemon. That's very really Pokemon. Beat their wings real but fast. Like, <laughs> but like, or some kind of evasion power. That was the advantage. That was why Bellerophon was able to uh, defeat Chimera was because he was flying. Sure. And so, you know, something about advantage versus, versus fly, uh, like grounded enemies or some kind of flyby attack or something I, like I that. Can get you, I can get you on flyby attack. I think they kind of have the evasive thing with that dexterity save proficiency. Mm. I think that's kind of what they're going for there. Fair. I mean, beyond just the fact that they're trying to insulate it from damage. Yeah, I mean, definitely I agree with the idea of giving them more things to do. I think anyone who reads the stat block feels that way. I would argue that there are a couple of obvious horsepowers, trample being one of them, that they should have. I think flyby attack is a great example. Like, you can pull some stuff from the eagle. You can pull some stuff from the horse. Right. Just to give it a, a little bit more... 
zhuzh, right? I have some uh, specific unique ideas I would go into, but I would specifically say I think a great source of inspiration for this is to look at the unicorn in 5th sure. edition. The unicorn in 5th edition is a CR5 celestial. Wow. Uh, similar. It's got uh, charge attack. It's got multi-attack. It's got innate spell casting. It can teleport. It has legendary actions. It's like presented as this very overtly magical, intelligent horse creature. And like maybe the Pegasus doesn't have to go that far. Mm-hmm. But look at how much they managed to milk out of a horse with a horn on its head. Yeah. And you're telling me you can't do anything cool with a horse that could fly? Yeah. Like, I think the conceit is that like they are not expecting you to tame a unicorn mm-hmm. in the way they're expecting you to tame a Pegasus. So again, they're worried about power creep. But I really feel like there are a couple of powers you could give it that are really not going to break the bank and will just make it feel a little bit more interesting. I would say of those, the one that makes the most sense looking at unicorn powers would be maybe it's not innate spell casting. You could do that and do like protection from good and evil or some kind of a sure. zone of truth or something like that. A zone of truth would be very Something cool. like that, yeah. right? Where it's like playing into the idea of their ability to uh, ascertain good versus yeah, evil. Yeah, There's a mythological point that in some mythologies, griffins, that you, you can't speak a lie around a griffin. So that's funny you say that because my other idea was there's the, if you guys remember the Angels episode, the Justicar has an ability where the Justicar knows if it hears a lie. Yeah. Like it just innately, it's not like zone of truth to make a save. It's like, mm-hmm. no, it just, it just knows. It can just tell. Yeah. So something about a Pegasus being able to look at you and like, ah, de- alignment detection is tricky in fifth edition, but I, something along those lines of like, yeah. it knows what your intentions are just by looking at you. Yeah. So if you are not a pure heart, the yeah. Pegasus just knows it and, and put that in the stats. Yeah. Right. Like rather than like implying it in the, in the lore that everybody skips. Right. When they just yeah. like quickly need to pull up a monster. Well, and they phrase it as you have to convince the Pegasus, which it feels like it's going to be so easy for PCs to to abuse by right. just saying like, well, I rolled a persuasion check. I got a crit. So the Pegasus is mine now. Forever. Forever. Right. Yeah. Like I do like you have to talk to it. I like the idea of it having a little bit more mechanical backing to make that the challenge. Mm-hmm. The challenge isn't fighting it. The challenge is convincing it to bear you as a yeah. rider. It's right? an ally, not yeah. a monster. I agree. So that's where I'm at. What do you got for your second one? Um, so I was trying to figure out, I was trying to iterate on that golden bridle, mm. that it feels like you have an immediate associated item right. that you could use, you could mine that for some lore. I feel like that's a sidebar, right? Like you put yeah. a little sidebar in here and like, it's kind of like the lamp with, on in the genie entry where sure. it's like, it, you know, it does kind of have a yucky history, but they found a way to reinterpret it where it's yeah. like, hey, this is actually an empowering thing. So it's like, they, they talk about like elves riding them. Maybe it's a thing where like, hey, this was an item that was made by the elves to put on their pegasi mounts and it makes them even better and cooler and yeah. like wh- when worn by a pegasus it unlocks these powers yeah, or whatever so exactly. it's, it's not like it's like you need it to tame it it's just that if you put a golden bridle on a pegasus then it's like a super fucking pegasus yeah. right yeah. So now you can go on a quest to go you know convince the elves to weave you a golden bridle from Galadriel's right. hair or whatever exactly. you know what I mean yeah. like, or you have to you know please Athena and then right. she'll give you this this artifact mm-hmm. But, but yeah. o- only if, you know, to, only to go slay the Chimera to right. do this thing. Exactly. And they have to give it back or whatever, yeah. Yeah, I think a sidebar about the bridle. I mean, I even think a sidebar going into the mechanics of, like, how you would tame it yeah. is kind of cool, too, yeah. right? Like, if you want to get that kind of, like, you have to ride it around a little bit. Or, like, the Pegasus likes to test its first rider. Sure. There's, like, a trial you have to go through, right? Yeah, and, and, and if like, you fail, it'll buck you off and then you, you fall off, in a thorn bush. And you fall in a thorn bush and you're blind forever and nothing forever. can cure it. Uh, and then the last one that I had was a specific power, trying to find that cool, unique Pegasus power. 
And I, my, my thought was almost like, I like the idea of powers that are triggered by having riders. So like when yes. it's being ridden, then yes. it gets to do this thing. So kind of like the bridle. My thought was thinking back to Hercules and like, when what context are you going to be using the Pegasus? I like the idea of like a feather fall style ability where like if you're on the back of the Pegasus and then you get knocked off, the Pegasus can use its reaction to move its speed down and pick you back up oh, again. Oh, that's cool. Like call, yeah. call it swoop or whatever. Yeah. Right? That, like you fall and you're almost going to hit the ground. And then the, what you want is the Pegasus to race down, whoosh, and grab you. That's very cool. Right? And like that's why it's, that's why it exists. You know, yeah. it exists to catch you when you fall. Yeah. You could maybe even go the uh, more magical version of it and say like if you ever fall anywhere, mm. even because this isn't around, it magically appears and catches you, right? Like, that's, that's part cool. of the bond. That you, you know? basically can't fall because you can't the Pegasus fall. is your friend. You have a perpetual feather fall ability where yeah. the Pegasus will just swoop in and grab your ass. And yeah. it's like, hey, listen, I'm doing other Pegasus stuff, but I am here. Are you okay? <laughs> You're good? Alright, I'll see you later, dude. I gotta go be a Pegasus. You it's know? your, like, cool dad that you can call if you're, like, at a bad party yes. and you need, like, yes. a rescue. I it's mean, like... that's a cool lore thing, too, though. Like, what if it's actually that the Pegasus has, like, a bunch of people that it's bonded to, and it's just like running in between them all the time, like very busy. Dude. Something like that where it can rescue you in a bad situation. <laughs> yeah. I had something similar to that as Great. my last one that I really think something to sort of deepen that partnership yeah, or something yeah. to play on that right. sort of rider mount connection. And again, I think this is my latent uh, Valdemar <laughs> uh, childhood speaking, but some kind of what? It, what is that bond? Like, does that allow you to communicate mentally? You know, if the if the Pegasus can't speak, right. can it convey its emotions? Can it convey, um, I don't know, sort of like a wheel or woe, like the omen spell oh, or yeah. something you, like are that? Are you pleasing the Pegasus? Are you are you displeasing the yeah, Pegasus? Yeah, yeah. Like, like cool. can you do you have some kind of a mental connection where you know the the Pegasus could stand a watch? Overnight sure. I mean, like, like, there's a lot of, like, telepathy stuff you could do, too. Yeah. Like, you, the rider can sense the Pegasus's emotions at all times, even if they're separated. Or, yeah. You know, you the could Pegasus do lots of knows stuff. if you go unconscious. The Pegasus yeah. knows, or you know right. if the Pegasus is hurt. Yeah, just like, do, like, you know, unbreakable bond is the yeah. power. It has, like, a small suite of similar mm -hmm. things like that where you are connected to the Pegasus in a more mystical way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And maybe that unlocks other powers. You know, if, if the Pegasus right. is happy with you, it can, yeah, that's I don't know, pretty do, advanced, but do that, fancy celestial stuff. I feel like you could bundle that into the bridle. Like, if the sure. Pegasus do, is ambivalent to you, yeah. then it doesn't give you anything. But the Pegasus is like, because there's there are different states of NPC like mm. interaction. So mm -hmm. it's like, you know, indifferent and then like, uh, oh boy, I forget them. But then the top top one, it's like helpful. Yeah. Right. So it's like the more the Pegasus likes you, the more powers it unlocks. Yeah. I feel like it's a lot for the Pegasus. But if, right. you, if you put the sidebar with the bridle, it's like, cool. Getting the Pegasus is step one. Mm -hmm. Getting the bridle is like the next step of un right. unlocking your horse girl powers. Yeah, right? exactly. Which is what we all want. That's all That's all I want to do. That's why I brought you on here to, you know, really tap into my inner horse girl. Yeah. I think that concludes our episode, everybody. Hey, Hallie, where on the internet can we find you? Talk to me. Where are you at? Um, I am on the internet. Uh, I am on Twitter at Lady of Ways. Um, I don't, I'm not super active, but that's you can cool. find me there. Yeah. Um, you can also, uh, you know, keep an eye out on Protium. And Listen, I got a sense of this right now. There's some, <laughs> some sensitive information that's about to be leaked. Uh, spoilers. Spoilers. But yeah, thanks for listening, everybody. We'll be back next week. Unfortunately, without a guest, uh, I'll be talking about the final monster in the seas of the Monster Manual, and that is another Greek mythology monster. That's the Cyclops. That is coming up Ooh, next week. Yeah, nice. It's a very similar situation. Cool monster. Bad stats. Uh, well, hey, happy Valentine's Day, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. Happy Valentine's Day. Uh, until then, hold your horses. 
No. Yep, I gotta do one. <laughs> I'm contractually obligated to do one bad pun and happy adventuring. Monster of the Week is a ProDM production. You can follow us on Twitter at ProDMTimothy. If you like the show, please consider supporting us on Patreon. Even $1 a month gets you access to the redesigned monsters that we discuss here on the show. You can find us at patreon.com slash ProDM. You can catch those monster redesigned streams Thursdays at 2 p.m. PST on our YouTube channel. The music used in this episode was Rainbow Ride and Waves by Azure Flux, used under an attribution, non-commercial, share-alike Creative Commons license. Check out their work at azureflux.bandcamp.com. Thanks for listening.